Marketers ruin everything. Welcome to the Everything is Marketing Podcast. What I don't want to do is to pretend this is show number one. What would the hero of your life's movie do right now? Do that. Do those things. It is the Everything is Marketing Podcast. My name is Eric Hulkerin, and today we're talking about Fortnite. So what is Fortnite? Well, it's a co-op sandbox survival game developed by a game developer called Epic Games. And just for some context, the word sandbox in the video game world essentially means the player can kind of do whatever they want. So if you think of games like Pac-Man, that has a lot of borders and boundaries. You can only go one direction and do one particular thing. In a sandbox game, you can run all over the place. So Earlier this year, the game is released for free and begins to break all sorts of records. First, it breaks a Twitch record, which is a service similar to YouTube if you don't know what it is, and they predominantly deal with gamers and the gaming community. And that record was broken when the best player at Fortnite on the planet, his name is Ninja, you can get to him at Ninja, uh, decided to play the game as a four-player co-op game with Drake, Travis Scott, and Juju Smith. And at the time, that thing was so big that Epic Games immediately set up a 100-person celebrity pro-am for e3 coming up in june and e3 is like the video game super bowl right so they roll out all of their games that they have coming up for the next 12 months and this june there will be a 100 person celebrity pro-am going on at e3 around Fortnite because of what drake travis scott ninja and juju smith did the next time it was broken on youtube and the twitch stream was 600,000 people the youtube stream was to the tune of 1.1 million streamers at the same time an incredible record and by the time that stream was over it was a total of 42 million unique viewers and so for some context that's larger than anything on tv right now by a factor of four to ten if you're talking about sports it eclipses any sport that's been on that's including the NBA playoffs by a tune of 10x and just about anything else about 4x or so. One thing we know is all of our brands want to get attention. And we do that by leveraging these new technologies. And what technologies try and do is stretch humanity in one way, shape, or form. So the microphone that I'm talking into right now allows me to extend my voice out via podcast. Before this, it was radio, or it could be Alexa skills or whatever. The printing press starts the information revolution. And the creation of the car allows people to travel farther faster, right? It essentially introduces the idea of travel that before then on horse was a really arduous and crazy problem. The issue with that is sometimes these technologies essentially eat their own tail, like a snake eating its own tail. Too many cars on the road becomes traffic and that traffic becomes less susceptible to you having an enjoyable travel as opposed to a disruptive and friction-filled travel. And so when we're talking about traffic, we know that essentially the rudimentary definition of traffic is that that occurs when too many people are going in the same direction at the same time. When we talk about marketing, too many people doing the exact same thing creates all of this noise, gets really, really hard to get attention if everybody's doing the same thing. You can combat that by going in a different direction. So let's say in the case of Fortnite, instead of using a huge marketing campaign and charging $70 for the game itself, that's something that Destiny would do or Call of Duty would do or Grand Theft Auto would do, Epic Games decided that they were going to give Fortnite away for free. And they see this idea of free-to-play as the future of gaming. This idea of giving it away for free. And in February of this year, February of 2018, this free game made $126 million in that month alone. And so how do we build trust and loyalty like that? 
Well, we've got to go back to the marketing funnel. And most brands, even in 2018, spend way too much time focusing on the purchase phase. How can I sell more widgets? How can I move more product? How, how, how can I ask, ask, ask and get you to pull the lever and do the thing? The issue with that is the Seth Godin quote I use all the time. I probably use it every single week. And that is if you get in the mentality of just competing, just now, this can be part of your marketing plan, but if you just compete on price, you're going to get to the point that you are in this race to the bottom. Who can sell the widget cheaper? And eventually, you'll win that race, and you'll be selling the widget for the cheapest price and losing because you just went in on price. Instead, what Fortnite shows you and what we're going to talk about in this episode is you should really live in what marketers call the advocacy phase or the retention phase. Like, how do you keep a customer? Alex Whippleworth in 2005 wrote an amazing book that I love called Brand Hijack. And this is the idea that consumers hijack your brand. They have a stake in its success. And advocacy, as I say often, is where that Harry Potter magic happens. That's where people kind of shine and take ownership of parts of your brand and do things with the brand that you wouldn't really expect and make amazing stuff happen in and around that space. All right. So the four things that Fortnite can teach you that can help you keep customers longer, and keep them happier. The first thing, and we've talked about it a little bit here, is giving away your best stuff. I put an asterisk next to that because I don't expect you to give away anything that will damage the bottom line. Instead, this idea means thinking about what brings value to your customer and can in turn drive more sales. Give that to them for free. Fortnite gives the game away and understands it could get a ton of people playing and talking about said game, I should say. And they could make money in other ways, like in-game purchases, character skins, things like that. Uh, We go back to the dawn of Red Bull. When Red Bull comes from overseas and they're getting started in the United States, they did what we would call today, although it was much, much earlier on in the 90s, they did an influencer campaign. And their idea of celebrity endorsements were just that. They would give away product and give access to VIP parties, but they wouldn't really pay to play. They wouldn't give them money to say they drink Red Bull. They just give them Red Bull. And these celebrities uh, became such cool people to hang around. Other celebrities and other influencers wanted to be in that ecosystem and wanted to be a part of that product. And then we would see them drinking Red Bull and we would want to be a part of that and thus selling more Red Bull. So by giving away their product, the thing that should be the most value, they increased sales because they created some velocity around giving away their best stuff for free. Let's go back to the 1900s. The Michelin brothers, they created, yes, the tire. And obviously the car is becoming red hot and they want to sell more tires. So in order to entice people to do this new thing called traveling, these French brothers created something called the Michelin Guide. And this was the guide to the best restaurants and they gave it away. The idea was two stars is a really, really great restaurant and three stars is someplace worth traveling. The Michelin star system is so ubiquitous to people who love food that Netflix has created a series called The Chef's Table that covers some of these amazing places and in turn gets people to want to, yes, travel to them. Another example, TED as an organization gives away its best stuff. You can see all of the talks on YouTube or TED.com anytime you would like to. However, if you want to get to the real TED event, the big TED event, there's two of them that happen each year, you have to be invited. And the invite costs you $6,500 for that honor. But by giving away all of its content, it still preserves this mystique about being in the room with all the other people that are in that room. And a guy like Simon Sinek knows this all too well. The idea of start with why, you can get the gist of it in the 18-minute talk. And yet, he's a four-time New York Times bestselling author. 
when his stuff is available on the internet for free. Adam Silver, you may have seen this article in uh, Business Strategy, which was phenomenal. You should check it out. He's the commissioner of the NBA and understands this whole idea, this core, giving away your best stuff for some other purpose. They call it the snack versus meal strategy. So the idea is that they just, they let their players do their player thing, right? They encourage them to be on social and engaged with their consumer and engage with the fans. And in turn, the NBA essentially gives away a lot of their highlights. They don't chase people down and litigate in the same way that like the NFL does. They give that stuff away. They encourage the players to be interactive with the fans and they encourage the fans to share the highlights to get people excited about the meal. And the meal to them is the live event. They want to get people to come in and see a game. And the only way that you can experience an NBA game at its peak is by being in the place where it's happening. And they get people excited by leveraging Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat as the snacks. And you can have all the snacks you want, but when you're ready for the meal, they are ready for you to come see them. And this strategy has paid off when it doesn't seem to be looking like that for the rest of sports. Their TV ratings are way up. Attendance is up four years in a row, and they have somewhere in the neighborhood of 1.6 billion fans interacting with the NBA brand alone. This idea of fear of missing out, fear of not being in the room when the thing happens is very, very real. There's a Think with Google article out this week that you can see that, that this FOMO with video and highlights is huge. People do not, they may not want to watch, let's let's go away from the NBA for a second. They may not want to watch the Grammys in their entirety, but they certainly don't want to come to work at 8 a.m. and not know what everybody else is talking about. So if Kendrick Lamar has an amazing performance, they're going to catch that and consume it in some way, shape, or form as a snack so they can interact with their friends and act as if they were being there. When we talk about live sports, live sports is kind of the the last hill, so to speak, that um, TV is kind of planting the flag on because the idea of being there when it happened, watching the full game when something, you know, there's triple overtime or whatever is great. But for the NBA, the NHL and the NFL, they'd actually like you to be in the place where it's happening. And the NBA has been highly successful with that by giving away what might be is one of their highest products, right? The highlights, the the best things that happen in the game. They're going to give you that for free because they know that next time you're going to be sitting in the seat. The next thing that Fortnite can teach you is about building anticipation. There has been anticipation for this game to come out. This game goes in seasons, and we just came out of season three into season four, and the anticipation from season three to season four was palpable. And the players that, because season three, essentially, the last 60 days was when this game became super hot. That's when the Drake Ninja thing happens. There's all these people that are being introduced to the game, playing the game for a couple hours, now waiting for the next, what's going to happen in the next season. Think your favorite TV show. If you're not able to binge watch it, you've got to wait for the next season. If you're a Walking Dead fan, they do the mid-season finale. You've got to wait for the rest of it to come. They build anticipation. In fact, nobody's doing it better right now than the biggest movie in the world, Avengers Infinity War. In fact, taking 10 years to tell a story is something, and I've said earlier on this podcast, has never been done in cinema. And that alone is something that Marvel could have just leaned on. Hey, we did 18 other movies. Come see the 19th. Super not sexy. They could have done it. But instead, they made five distinct trailers to attract the super fan, the casual fan, the blockbuster goer, families, people who like comedy, people who want the tension. 
they wanted to pull all those people in. So they made a lot of different assets to get them excited. And then they doubled down on that by creating a campaign where Thanos, the main bad guy in Infinity War, writes a letter to fans asking them not to ruin the end of the movie. They used a hashtag, Thanos demands your silence. To me, was telling fans, look, something is going to happen in this movie that is going to pay off the 10 years you've invested, even if you have invested all, wherever you come in in the Marvel Universe, we're going to pay that off. We're going to create anticipation and then pay that off. And it's going to be so big, we don't want it ruined for you. So we're going to create a campaign to tell you that the anticipation is going to be worth the wait and you'll not want to ruin it for the friends that don't get to go with you. And so it should come as no surprise that Avengers Infinity War crossed the $1 billion mark in less than 11 days and should be less of a surprise that Fortnite is currently hosting a Thanos-themed game type. Again, free for fans. And now you've got Fortnite and Thanos being placed into Avenger movies trailers. So now that the snake eating its tail is doing it in a marketing sense, right? This Thanos meme is rolling around back into the universe that it came out of because these two huge properties have merged together to create something sublime. Let's talk about Nike for a second. Now, they knew that their best customers were collectors, but they weren't really treating him all that well. They were putting out way too many products, which was lowering the value of the shoes. And then, of course, irritating the collectors and getting them to look into other brands like K-Swiss or Adidas. They create this app, and it's been out for, I think, two years called Sneaker, but you take out all the vowels because the internet. And so this was exclusive for the sneakerheads who would stand in line at boutique stores and try and get a hold of these Nike products that were coming out. Again, you stand in line for hours and hours and hours and you might not actually get the shoe. So for the NBA All-Star game, they were releasing a new version of a shoe that was out in 1974, and this time designed by Kendrick Lamar. Now, everybody who had the app knew these shoes were coming out, but Nike wanted to kind of fix their image, build some anticipation, and pay it off, much like Infinity War. So they geofenced, they put a digital fence around the sneaker users, the people in this app, in LA. They sent them all an address and a time to show up the next day. When these sneaker users that they identified showed up, they had arrived at the Nike All-Star headquarters. Think surprise and delight. They get to see this amazing place where all of these people having to do with the All-Star game are coming in and coming out while they're there. And they get their hands on the Kendrick shoe. They take away the friction and increase surprise and delight. So the anticipation pays off big time. These people get a notification and they get to go to this place and buy the shoe that they were going to collect. What happens next time when the notification goes off? You bet that they're in that saying, hey, these guys did me a solid last time. I want to stay with this brand and I want to stay with this app and I want to be a collector for Nike. Build the anticipation and then pay it off. Next thing that Fortnite shows you is that everybody is your teacher. This is a little quicker than the rest of them. It's the idea that seeing things around you and wonder how those things work can help inform you about how the universe works around you. And understanding how the universe works around you can help you understand your customer. When we look at Fortnite and kind of the inspirations that go into Fortnite, you can see some of them pretty clearly. Things like Legos, Minecraft, cosplay culture, comic book superheroes, Dungeons and Dragons, the end game of chess, perhaps the movie The Perfect Storm, A-Team, and on and on and on. And these influences come from the game developers who bring them in, make this stew of influences, this idea of brute thinking, shoving everything into a pot, and then it becomes this game. But if at any point in that process they had stopped and said, hey, friends of Epic Games, what game should we make next? Most people, a la Henry Ford, right? Henry Ford, if he had asked, what what do you guys want next? The story is a little bit apocryphal, but what do you want next? They would have said a faster horse. In this case, they would have said 
Call of Duty. Because while everyone is your teacher, not everyone is there to tell you something. Some of them might be there to show you something. Because customers tend to lie. Take this example. If you were going to open an ice cream store this summer and you wanted to pick flavors that only people liked, so instead of using observational data and any other data you could get your hands on, you were just going to ask people, what are the flavors that you like? And you were only going to stock them. You would find that most people would answer mint chocolate chip. And so you would stock your ice cream store with a ton of mint chocolate chip. However, if you were to take a second and go look in their freezer or follow them around for a summer and see what they actually consume, you would find out that they're eating vanilla as that is the number one seller in the United States. People say they want mint chocolate chip, but then they eat vanilla. This is my wife to a T. So you can learn from everyone around you, but that doesn't mean you need to listen to everything that they say. Because marketing, and I've been saying it this year a lot, marketing is about what people do, not what people say they do. And the final thing we're going to talk about is the idea that Fortnite can teach you to tell an infinite story. When most people think about Starbucks, they think about what? Coffee. But that's not really what Starbucks does, because if they did, they wouldn't be more than a coffee company. Instead, they're a perennial brand, a brand that Nestle just gave $7 billion to because they couldn't get their own coffee brands off the ground and they wanted Lyft inside brick and mortar grocery. So they gave Starbucks money to use their IP and work out a partnership there. Now, Starbucks is creating a story that goes on forever. It's infinite. It may start with something like occasionally you go get coffee. You go to a store here, you go to drive through there, and, and you treat it as a treat. And then maybe you move to buying coffee in a bag, which to me shows that they're willing to give away their best stuff for free because an average bag costs you, let's say, eight bucks, six if it's on sale, and you get 34 cups of coffee, which would be 10 times that cost if you did that in the store every single day. But Starbucks is playing the long game. They're building an experience. So you move from buying an occasional in-store purchase to having a favorite store. My favorite example of this is when I work with my friend Julian, they would have his order at the Starbucks inside the JW Marriott where we work every single day at the same time. And he would come in, have his name ready. All that stuff would be done. They're creating an experience. And this goes to their core belief, their desire to be what's called the third place in your life, that spot between home and work where you feel comfortable and you go there to get inspired, relax, check out, whatever. So obviously when we're talking about Starbucks, you can't ignore what happened two weeks ago. When something like that happens in Philly, it shakes a brand like this to its core and they've got to rebuild that trust, which is no easy task. But at its core, they're trying to do these things. They're trying to tell an infinite story that goes on and on forever. It becomes habitual. You get your coffee from that Starbucks store every single day three times a week or twice a week and then you buy a bag and you make it at home and then you make it at home and it's not as good as Starbucks. So you go back right over and over and over and over again. Okay. So let's go back to Fortnite real quick because it's easy to think that this is an overnight success. Everybody is talking about it. It's the biggest game in the world right now. It makes millions of dollars because it's part of the zeitgeist, the flavor of the month. And yeah, according to them, this flavor of the month may be the future of the industry. And yet... Fortnite is something that they worked on for seven years. They tinkered with it. They questioned it. They poked at it. They prodded at it. They made changes. They iterated for seven years, which for me, seven years is a long time for an overnight success. And here's the thing. They weren't alone. They have a competitor. That game is called PUBG, but PUBG wasn't ready to 
follow them down that rabbit hole. They weren't willing to give away the game for free. In fact, the only free version of PUBG is on your mobile device. But PUBG doesn't have the community that Fortnite has. It hasn't invested in the evolution the way Fortnite has. It doesn't have partnerships with places like Marvel and Disney like Fortnite has. It hasn't achieved the success Fortnite has. But it could have. Modern marketing is not about price. To me, it's about patience and empathy. And I know better than most that patience is something that can be hard to come by, and empathy in some cases even harder. But if you're the brand that can hold your breath longer than your competitors, you will win in the long game. If you'll dig in more than anyone else on an idea that you believe in, you will win in the long game. If you're willing to sacrifice what they perceive as your most valuable asset to give away for free, you will win in the long term because that is what's happening here. And when you look at a case like Fortnite, it gets me really excited to talk about marketing because this is it at its highest. They give away something that seems insane. They give the whole game away and make $126 million a month playing a different game. And we all need to be playing a different game. The game that most of us are playing, this transactional, how many sales can I make today and not worry about tomorrow, is not a long-term solution for the way in which the consumer is consuming your product, your service, your website, your Facebook page, your Twitter, your Instagram. In many cases, you will see research after research after research that they want to have a relationship with you because that's who they want to purchase from. They can always go to Amazon if they want a transaction. So if you want to compete with Amazon, most of you know what that's like. But if you want to create a relationship, I think Fortnite can teach you some valuable lessons. All right, as always, if you uh, want to reach out, you got some ideas for the show, got some questions, it's eric at mlive.com. Have a wonderful week. We will talk next week.